Hey, this is Tony. Call it a quick, I guess, breaking uh, a thought on Georgia being ranked first in the college football playoffs. It's all good and cool and neat and a fun talking point, but frankly, I don't want to talk about it until after we clinch the East. Go beat South Carolina. Go dogs. There's a famous line in the 1999 Brad Pitt movie Fight Club when Pitt's character utters the phrase, the first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Seems appropriate that this is the stance that Tony is taking in regards to Georgia being number one in the first college football playoff ranking. Why? Pitt's character is famously known as Tyler Durden, and anyone who's kept up with our podcast or the Georgia sports blog throughout the years knows that Tony's Twitter handle is in fact an homage to Pitt's Fight Club alter ego, and Tyler Dogden is not interested in talking about the college football playoff rankings, because you do not talk about the college football playoff rankings, especially in early November. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 112 of the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast. This is the South Carolina preview show. The three of us recorded this show before the college football playoff rankings were released, hence Tony's quick cold open hot take. I asked our other co-host, Will Leach, to provide his own quick reaction to the number one ranking of Georgia, and he sent in a much different response. You'll hear that next, and then we'll just jump on into our regular 90-minute preview podcast with all three of us. So thanks for tuning us in this week. Here's Will to get us started. The immediate reaction, of course, to seeing that Georgia is number one in the college football playoff ranking is to say, this is meaningless, this doesn't matter, this is just going to put more pressure on them, Kirby Smart's not going to want anything to do with it, it's going to fire up Alabama, all of those negative things, and I generally agree with all of those. However, my family and I came back from Halloween I had recorded the ranking show. We came back and we were with another family that came back with us, friends of my sons. And when Georgia was announced number one, everybody cheered like the, Georgia had just scored a touchdown. I know that it doesn't matter. I know it's probably a pain, but that was undeniably cool. Good dogs. I'm back for the World Series. Welcome back, Will. Yes, Will's back. I'm back. I'm, I was. I had the option uh, to go to Los Angeles. I know the series is pretty amazing. I had the option to go to Los Angeles, but I was a little beaten down and wanted the opportunity to hang out with the kids for uh, for Halloween. So I went to the first five games. That game five was pretty amazing, to say the very least. Um, what, 13 to 12? 13 to 12. And it, just, it just ended. Yeah. And it's fine because it was that close to going to 11 and... Like it actually had started to settle down a little bit in the last couple of days. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a fun game. It was, it was definitely fun. I have to say, I think there's an argument to be made that games like that are a little bit too much baseball. Like, I don't mean too much like it's too long or the game is, but this, it doesn't really feel like baseball when everybody's hitting home runs like that. And I like that park, and I and the teams are fun, and both teams are likable. I'd like, I would love for, I don't know when this podcast is going to go up, but people love, know what happens in game six or seven. I prefer a good, like, four to three. Four to two game than those thirteen to twelve. That 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 feels more like pinball than baseball to me. How would that game have been different if it were managed in a National League park? I think that it would have been. They would have run out of pinch hitters a long before. So you'd have seen you'd have seen like someone walking uh, the bases loaded to pitch to like Kinley Jansen 
uh, in the top of the 13th or something. So I think strategy-wise it would have been fun, but you know, you saw the, the best players in the world. You don't want... This is the argument I like. I don't want the DH to be in both leagues, but the argument for the DH to be in both leagues is usually World Series related. And the idea this is the most important game. This is the championship. This is everything they play for. And then every once in a while, you'll have a guy that Justin Verlander, who has literally no idea what to do with a baseball bat, uh, batting in like a really important spot. So, yeah. But it's a fun game. And uh, I find both the teams very likable. So I, I have no mm-hmm. problem with whoever wins. Yeah. I'm, well, the, the fun part about it to me is like, you know, the counter argument to that thirteen twelve is like this game happens in July and no one pays attention to it, right, right. right? And I mean, it might make you get two of the two of the ten highlights on Sports Center the next day or, or Baseball yeah. Today or whatever whatever it's a cu- iteration of that. Show yeah, is. quick pitch. Yeah, quick, quick pitch. pitch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a curiosity. It's like, oh, there's a weird thing. Yeah, that's a cute. Like, cute. I mean, we yeah. remember some of those. What the ninety one series had a couple of those, or was it the 92 series against the Yankees had yeah. a couple of big... 92 was against the, the uh, Blue 2000. Jays. 2000? Yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, that's right, with all the, with the, the, like, the two, like, the two high-scoring World Series games or something back at back. But, um, but yeah, so it's fun, it's fun, but uh, it's a good reminder that uh, I, I, the thing I love about baseball is that it's not like football, and that baseball, if you win team wins you're happy and if your team loses you're sad and then they play again tomorrow yeah postseason feels like sec football yeah. which is fine like i love sec football but it's too i don't need my baseball to be like that the postseason is almost a perversion of actual baseball it's exciting and it's fun but the stakes the whole point of baseball is that they play every day yeah. and it's kind of we'll chill get, we'll get them tomorrow yeah, yeah. it's fine <laughs> and so like these postseason games it almost just doesn't quite feel like, like baseball to me well, while you're away, Georgia played football. I know. I watched it. I was at I was at the Houston Alumni Association. I mentioned this on the last podcast. Yeah, and I uh, couldn't hear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Neither was, could you, listener. <laughs> yeah, Tony was. Uh, I don't know why we decided to wrap him up in pillows and uh, before we started with that. <laughs> uh, the internet's. At how was my your Nokia sister. phone treating you? It was just kind Dude, of. No, how was your it soon? Was, <laughs> it was. Uh, it was the internet in Southeast Georgia. It just. The the cell service at my parents' house is bad, and the internet at my sister's house is worse. And um, of course, my parents don't have internet because you know they, because they're happier and wiser than we are. <laughs> yeah, that's actually probably one of the ways <laughs> yes. of looking at it. You know, yes. they have their. I almost chunked it. Chunked. I listened to it this morning, and I'm like, "Yeah, what am I?" No, you did a hey, you did a masterful job. That uh, if Thank there's a podcasting you. Emmy, that's our that's the episode we submit for production <laughs> for you. So we're eight and zero. Yeah. So I was thinking about this. I was thinking about like kind of the framing device for this podcast. Yeah. I, I look at the standings. So I have a little standings. But one of the things I got to do when I got to see my son, uh, William, my older son, William, today, is he likes to do the standings. I have a little standings board in my in my office. So when I came back, he's like, "Dad, you have to do the standings after all the games." And I, it's funny because you know, obviously Georgia has played everyone in the SEC East except for South Carolina and Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So and they've beaten them all. So therefore, there's an extra game they have on everyone. It's still kind of striking to look. And realize, oh, actually, the two SEC games that we're all just like, oh, well, these are the these are the easy ones, other than Auburn, are actually the two best teams in the yes. in the East that they just haven't <laughs> actually haven't played them yet. And so it is funny to think that we're doing this before the. South Carolina. No, no, we're do- I'm sorry. We're doing these before the rankings come out. Oh, Tuesday. sure. Yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. So you guys may know the rankings that we don't. And so, but it's funny because there's been this idea that, well, Georgia, 
the argument has been Georgia either will be or should be number one because they have the win over Notre Dame. They played this really tough schedule. But what's really strange is when you look at like look at what's happened to uh, to everybody else that we thought was going to be good. Florida was supposed to be halfway decent. Tennessee was supposed to be halfway decent. Like if you take a look at it, it's really that Notre Dame game, which is obviously a great win, and Mississippi State, which is the, gets a look a little better every week. Otherwise, nobody on like who would you take right now? Appalachian State or Tennessee? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah, I mean, a hot I mean, all of these, all of these teams are they are kind of nothing wins. There, there, people keep making fun of Wisconsin, for example, but like Wisconsin, like is, is Illinois, Tennessee could probably beat Illinois right now, but not a lot of other teams in, in, in the Big Ten. So it's just funny how many looking at all the teams that Georgia's beat, you're like, wow, actually, the toughest games they have are actually the next four weeks. Well, two, two things about that. First off, um, I said I would believe, I've tweeted this already, but I believe, um, and you know, this is the purpose of this podcast is not to rehash Florida, but my God, we could have named our score against them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we were, I mean, I think, I love, I love that Spencer Hall summed up exactly the way I was feeling with, uh, you know, they just filled out the paperwork. They didn't yeah. even try. Yeah. It was... It was forty-two to they seven. They didn't even get to the second page of the playbook, right? They really, they didn't even get the second page. I mean, it's it's always going to be six eighteen in Jacksonville, y'all. Always, always, always. Six eighteen. Forty-two to seven. That's a little too hard to. No, come, I, okay. no, it's not. All right, whatever. I mean, ten to nine is a whole lot easier than. Well, yeah, but I'd, that 42 was taken. Forty-two to seven. Nobody says forty-two to seven. We do now, and. Um, <laughs> This, the second thing about that is that, and in, in I'm sure y'all will talk about the college football playoffs. I'm not going to talk about them right now. Uh, but Scott and I were talking about our schedule before you got here, mm-hmm. and it, that's exactly right. We have, uh, certainly since the Notre Dame game, uh, the only time where, we, where I felt like we played a team that has remotely as well coached as Georgia is, at least. Uh, I, I could say Vanderbilt maybe, but it would be – it would be Mississippi State. Um, and clearly they were out – we out-talented them. Yeah. Um, I think – I wonder um, how that game turns out differently if Mississippi State, who we now know to be good. Yeah. Like at the time, everyone was like, holy – wow!" like first of all, LSU looks okay now. Yeah. But like they had just come from a full-on wipeout of LSU. So we were so – everyone was so high on Mississippi State that Georgia was higher on Mississippi State than they may have been otherwise and were therefore up for that game maybe more than they would have been otherwise. Well, that gets back to kind of where I was going with this. Is this is the first time in a long time where I felt like we are substantively better coached than every single team we have faced. Um, there is no doubt we were better coached in Florida. No doubt we're better coached than 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 Tennessee. And you, you run through the list. I mean, realistically, we don't have that different a lineup than we had last year. I mean, we have some we have some pieces in key places that are much better. We are an older team and more experienced team. We're healthier, but from a across the board, we don't have that many different players. And we have a couple of key players that are are much better than they were last year, Sony. which helps. Uh, Sony is is I think I think Nick's much better than he was last year. Um, and, and you and you do have uh, regardless of the quarterback, you have Swift who yes, was not that last Swift, year which and is a things. major weapon. Yeah. So the the thing about it to me, and this is the thing that I think we will look back on this year, regardless of how it turns out, and say this was the year where where we became the better coach team than most most of the times. And it's not to say that the SEC won't East won't catch up because that's what coaching. I mean, that's Florida made a change on Sunday because of this, right? right? But it is really, this is what, 
I mean, I, I, our friend Matt um, Adair actually mm-hmm. posted something. It's like, okay, Georgia fans, ignore the rankings. You know, keep in mind this is this is this is great. This is awesome. He's an Alabama fan. He's an Alabama fan. But this is what they deal with on a on a nearly yearly basis. And when invariably they lose, it's a shock because they have no frame of reference for, for losing. Whereas I'm walking out of Jacksonville, I have no frame of reference to understand a 42-7 beatdown in a game was not even that close. Yeah, I love that idea. Actually, it was fun. I was watching, watching the Florida game. It was, before it was about to, to kick off, it was strange. But I was like, oh, I, it's hard to wrap your mind around. This is what this season has done. It's hard to wrap your mind around the fact that they're going to like, – that they might lose. Uh-huh. They've just been so... They didn't even cross Which is funny because the Notre Dame game, I didn't feel that way going no. into the Notre Dame game. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I didn't feel that way going into the Mississippi State game. I thought they would be, I thought they would win the Mississippi State game, but I but, certainly didn't feel like, oh, this is gold. Well, I wasn't I, vocal about it, but I felt the exact same way we did when we were going to Missouri. Yeah. I was telling you to calm yeah. down in my mind, although I was like, I can't say it. Yeah. Because, you know, but... Yeah. Once it started going, I'm like, I'm not surprised. But this, I guess this is part of the reprogramming, right? This, yes. This, this, this is the idea. Yes. That's why Tony and I are having a hard time coming to grips. I'm a little bit more bravado just for right. substance. or I mean, I have no substance behind for it, style. really. It's for, for style. style. Yeah, but Tony actually has substance around it. and But I, I understand where he's coming from. But well, it's funny because I, it seems to me I'm not getting a lot of – I mean, you guys are more on the message boards than I am. I but I'm so. not getting a lot of the – we're going to blow it. We're going to blow it. I don't see a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, you still see it here and there. The thing about it to me, and I, the, the part, the part, and one of the reasons I don't want to talk about the playoffs is that part of what Coach Smart is trying to do now is manage expectations, not from a, we're gonna, what if we lose? He's trying to manage expectations from that. We still have to beat South Carolina, <clears throat> Auburn, Kentucky, and Georgia Tech for any of the stuff right. that, that's going to happen tomorrow night on ESPN for television content to even matter anything, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Because if we don't do that, I mean, you go into Atlanta, and it would still might not matter if you don't win Atlanta. But if you don't make it to Atlanta, all this is just, it's just hot air. I mean, it's just it's an hour in Scott's hard drive or, or on the message boards or whatever that really have no bearing whatsoever. It is funny, though, because I've been making that same point about the college football rankings for years and years. Yeah, and years. it's, it's, it's completely this pointless yeah. the, the, this early, and they don't matter, and all it is is television programming. And, oh, my gosh, guys, Georgia might be number one or number two. This is so exciting. I can't wait to watch it. I put it in the calendar <laughs> on my phone, and like I think this is actually the proof of – this is A, why they do it, sure. and B, how, well, of course, I've been able to sit back and be like, well, this is dumb. Why are you doing this until a team that I care about is involved? And even though it does, it means absolutely zilch. You're still going to record it. Nothing. I can't wait to watch it, right? Like, it's going to be so totally fun to see Georgia in that, in that spot. And it's fine, though, because the thing that's important to remember, to me, the ultimate example of why the rankings are very silly, not so much, obviously, at the end, they're not silly, but on a weekly basis, they're silly. Remember a few years ago when TCU, they were second or third? They were third. Mm -hmm. And they came in and they blew a team away in their final game of the year and dropped out of the playoff anyway. All the way to sixth. All the way to sixth, even though they were in the top four and won a team below them, I think it was, was, was Oklahoma or it was Ohio State. Yeah. I don't know exactly who it was. I think it was Ohio State. Yeah. And one went above them. So TCU t- did nothing wrong. But we are so used – we think of polls the way we think of the AP. Yeah. When we th- we're used to doing the AP. If you stay undefeated, like <clears throat> Wisconsin, does anybody really think that Wisconsin 
They only they beat Illinois twenty four to ten. They're not the number four team in the country. Oh, they're, they're absolutely a top ten team. They're a top ten team, but they are not a top four team. But they played Georgia State too. The, yeah, the Pitt State FAU. Yeah, yes, yes, and. But the thing is, is Wisconsin is, is not number four team in the country. But the way the AP poll works, they reward undefeated. They drop you if you lose, but if you keep winning, you'll keep going up. Because that's how sports writers' minds work. It's narratively speaking. Mm-hmm. You go up, you go up. You, you're talking about the story. Whereas that's not the way the committee works, as they've proven. Wisconsin, I'm guessing, we'll see, but I guess people may know this before we do. I'm eight? guessing they're eight? eight or nine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to be that's top four at all. Right now. And yeah. Uh, but I think that's the important thing is that's why it has – these rankings don't mean anything right now. But I'll confess I do find them kind of irresistible right now. Well, it's going to be interesting content, but that's about, that's about it. Well, ESPN just released something called a strength of record. It's yeah. something brand new. They're using some kind of algorithm. Georgia comes out as number one. But as to, to piggyback on your point, Wisconsin's not even listed in the top ten. Yeah, they played for nobody. strength of record. Yeah, they're, they're, I, I saw something about that. Is that the one loss kind of thing? Yeah, there's there's three undefeated teams in there. It's Georgia ranked number one. Miami is shown to be number two. Alabama's all the way at number four. Yeah, and the rest are a bunch of one loss teams. But it's, not, it's worth noting too, though, that like one thing that has that Miami has an advantage in there is. Like Miami gets just as much credit for winning that beating North Carolina last week by the four or five points that they won by than if they had won forty two to nothing. Yeah, like like to yeah. me that's that's why and I'm, the thing about the committee is they can take that into account. Yeah, like right. they're going to take into account that North Carolina is a disaster this year and Miami just barely beat them. But they can take that into account in a way that the voters won't and algorithms won't. And I have to say, bless Condoleezza Rice. I don't know if she's the one that's making all this happen, but I feel like she, uh, they generally, there's yet to be a time where I feel like they've made a big mistake at the end of the year. And that is, I think, to be credited, particularly when the stakes are as high as they are in something like this. Well, and one, one good thing is that, like Gene Smith, he has to recuse himself when they speak about Ohio State. Right. So, you know, it's it's just, the, the basketball tournament is like this too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all this talk of the college football playoff and that sort of thing, I, I, I found something today, uh, and I'll cite it in a second. I found something today that really spoke to me and kind of the way I feel about this. Um, so I, let, me, let me just read this real fast. As well as we played this season, there are no guarantees about these final games. Are, are we better than every team remaining on the schedule? Yeah, but every weekend, inferior squads have enough things to go right to pull off upsets, and good teams lose no matter to, uh, what to other good teams all the time. If you're of the mind that we're great, and we might be, that doesn't really help because it turns out great teams lose to good teams all the time. The first thing is celebrate success so far. No matter how easy it might look during another suffocating, clock-killing, mercy-kneeling fourth-quarter march, achieving an 8-0 record is so damn hard. Achieving with six straight blowouts is just absurd, and you should relish every single second of this because it's literally historic. Somehow, we're nearly two-thirds of the way through a great season. We must savor each remaining Saturday in which this wonderful team takes a field. Now, I'm going to read the rest of this. The second thing you cannot forget is the next name on the list. That's Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons been capable of season and pounded Louisville on Saturday. This was point number 10 from the Rex O'Mallow's, uh, Chris Rex O'Mallow's uh, report he does every week on Notre Dame. Notre Dame is facing exactly the same thing we are. It is important that we have fun with this 8-0 because 
And, and, and I'm not, by any means, no, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing people that are excited about Because I am, but in my mind, I'm very excited about this. I know. But we also have to remember that we are literally enjoying the best football Georgia's played in at least 15 years and maybe 30 years, maybe 35 years. Um, and it's, it's worthy of enjoying that. And that could all, it could all end Saturday. Now, I don't think it's going to, but it all could end Saturday. Because I guarantee you this, we lose to South Carolina or Kentucky or Georgia Tech and, and don't win the SEC championship game, the very best we can hope for is playing UCF at the Chick-fil-A Bowl, period. That's the very best we can hope for. That stadium's awesome. I went there last week. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's beautiful. It's not going to be nearly as beautiful as the Sugar Bowl will the next night. For what it's worth, though, you're right, of course. And you, of course, want to enjoy this. And I feel like, frankly, I feel like I've done a pretty good no, job. I, I think you're enjoying, enjoying it. it. <laughs> I think I'm doing But I, it's, I understand your point. However, not to get back to the big pivot point of the Rick Smart thing again, but when you make a move like that, this is what you're shooting for. You're shooting for not, we should enjoy the best season that we've had in 15 years. We're shooting for, we're going after Alabama. We need to dominate the East because we're Georgia, and we're supposed to dominate the East, and we need to kill it in recruiting because we're Georgia. This is what you're shooting for. So when that happens, like, like this is not... This is not a university that's happy to have someone build themselves back up a little bit. Right. The move was made specifically, let's face it, to win a national championship. Like that's and to win them this way. Yes, yes, exactly. To win football games the way we're winning football. Exactly. Games. And to me, this is telling as someone that was a big Ricked guy for a long time, the way that Miami is winning games and the way that Georgia is winning games, they have the same record. They're both undefeated. They're both in the playoff chase. Georgia, when they would win games, won games the way that Miami is winning games right now. I completely agree with that. And it looks like a Mark Rich coach team. Miami does. They do. (laughs) Which is is awesome, by the way. It's It's so much better than Miami has had. Absolutely. They're they're happy with it. But to me, this is not an easy thing for me to admit because it was very hurtful. I was very sad when Rich got fired. But this is different and it is better. It is like definitively better. The question is, though, is... I want to ask this. I just got to ask this specifically to you. If Georgia has a fall in their face game, which I do not think will happen, will you take it harder or easier than you did when 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 Richt would have a game like that? I think I'll just take it easier because of the way I just tend to look at things. I'll be like, well, well, there there it goes. I tend to then revert back to my safety spot, my my safe space of saying, I'm an Atlanta sports fan. This is what I deserve. All these cucks with their safe spaces. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but <laughs> see, I don't. First of all, I don't know entirely believe you on that because I've heard you after some really difficult no, no, Georgia no. losses where there's been more, there's been less resignation oh, and more yeah. anger uh, in that regard. But secondly, I, but I think this is actually kind of the key question: the idea of a loss. If there's a fall in your face loss now, is it well? That's okay because these things are. St- we're still in only year two of this, and this is still the start of this stuff. And look at the recruiting class come next year. Uh, all this stuff is better. Or will it feel that much more, wait, this was supposed to be the year? Because to me, what's exciting about this year is this year is so awesome and so much fun. But you know what? I think they're going to be awesome next year, too. And I know the go get them next yearism feels very Mark Richtish. And I know that's not kind of the culture of the program right now. But for me, if they do fall on the face or if they don't make it in the playoff or whatever, 
to me, it's still very exciting because of what we've seen. I'm just not sure a lot of the fan base. Now the expectations are so high, and the reason he was brought here is so uh, is because those expectations were so high. If they don't make the playoffs this year, I would like to. I agree with you, Tony. I feel like that we should be like, holy crap, this is an incredible team. But I think there's inevitably going to be a bunch of disappointment. Oh, I think that's right. I mean, you only have to look as far as Tallahassee to see that, um, right? I mean, they are They're two and five, literally ready to burn that place down. And, and I predicted FSU to go to the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, it's easy to see that they were a, um, a team that was rebuilding on defense and really were a pretty static on offense. Well, they after, were counting on a quarterback that they lost well, in the first game of the year. I was about to say, they were pretty static on offense after yeah. um, Frank They lost Dalvin Cook. They, but they also lost Dalvin Cook. But you, the point that a lot of – FSU fans make us we're FSU. We should have enough yeah. in the tank to not be two and five. To not get wiped out by Boston, Boston College. College. Yeah. <laughs> like now, now, having said that, having said that, there are some things about that team. If you watch that Boston College game, and I watched a fair amount of it, um, that dovetails real nicely with some quotes, some anonymous quotes and not anonymous quotes about the lack of leadership and everybody's doing their own thing. Jimbo Fisher's lost that team. No, that's not to say you can't get it back. He's lost that team. For what it's worth, you, when your team loses five games in your Florida State, yeah, you lose. The that's team. what happens. Right. So, but but to get back to your point is that I think you're right. We will. Georgia's always had some of that. Um, some of that. We're we're better than this. We shouldn't be losing to South Carolina, thirty-five to seven, kind of right. stuff, right? And if we lose, um. You know, if we lose to South Carolina or Kentucky or Georgia Tech or get blown out by, by Auburn, yeah. um, or or, that, or for that matter, Auburn goes on a, a terrible run where we're the only game they win, and I think those things matter. But I, I think my approach is going to be much more so of the, wow, look how close we are. I cannot wait to see what the next three or four or five years bring. And I think this is the larger question is, you know, you, you started this conversation with talking about how just kind of special this year is yeah. and how it's something that we haven't had in 25, 30 years since I've, since I've even knew anybody from the state of Georgia <laughs> is the, is the most we've had that. And that's fair. And I totally understand that. But the other side of that is, wait, this year is special. And it, it I mean, it is, I mean, it's, it is it's it feel it's something that people have not experienced for a long time, and therefore they are invested and excited about. Particularly if they end up number one in those rankings, I just have a hard time. Like I think we're all like we're gonna have. I I was upset at people who didn't care about the Liberty Bowl last year. Like we're all in it to win it. Like there's no question about that. But I do think that sure Kirby Smart can try to manage expectations all that he wants. But expectations are there, and that's how these things work. And the fact is, if they lose, I feel like the worst case scenario that fans are going to be okay with is if they lose. The worst case scenario is if they lose to Alabama in a close game, <clears throat> I lose to Auburn in a close game, uh-huh. and then lose to Alabama. Yeah, that probably still gets you in the Sugar Bowl. I think that I think uh, it, 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 it gets you in the in the one that probably the Orange Bowl, yeah, one of the Access Bowl. Right, right, right. Um, it gets you in one of those. But and and then then, then you're like okay. Oh, we just missed it. You can't lose to Tech. You can't lose to South Carolina. Yeah. can't lose Kentucky. Yeah, yeah I think that's right. There's no way. Yeah. I mean, and look, the East is right mm-hmm. there. We're, we, if Georgia wins, the very worst thing that can happen is Kentucky wins out and 
that's not going to happen. No, I don't, well, yeah, that's, okay. I think that's, that's right. But I mean, they only have they only have two losses. Their best record right now could um, ten and two. Well, they had three losses, right? Them out last two losses. Week. Yeah, they've they had two losses. So because Tennessee, they were up. Tennessee uh, blew yeah. up. <laughs> so I mean, Georgia will eliminate officially eliminate South Carolina on Saturday. Yeah, Kentucky's got Ole Miss. Yeah. So if Vandy had beat South Carolina and Tennessee had beat Kentucky, it would have already been a what do they call it? A feta complay? Com- uh, complay. It would have been done. Yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that was good. Somebody's missed in their day of the their word of the day calendar. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> someone, he seems so surprised. No, he just kind of that, that was that was Latin. Like that was impressive. That was quite erudite. I was legitimately impressed. Uh, <laughs> so you're yeah. Um, so, but but I, I, but you're right. I mean, that, that, that's an excellent point, though, Scott. Is that if those things would have happened, literally, it's done already. Right. So, but to, but they didn't happen because South Carolina and Kentucky are actually pretty good. But to get to your bigger picture, I mean, Will, you've used the term Georgia ing several times, right? Um, and and that has stood for what almost happened to Miami against North Carolina, right? Amen. right? Amen. I mean, no, it, it is. It is. Um, or. Oh yeah, I guess that's right. Or I mean, you know, but, but you know, but think about it. Stay on that. Stay on that track. Yeah. with Mark Richt and yeah. Coach Miami. Yeah, the win versus Florida State was such a Mark Richt way I was of winning. Just something. about talk about the Florida State game, you know, because we've just talked about a two and five Florida State team that they had to drive down and win the last second, right? Um, why is George, what, what George is doing this year? And, the, is, and Rick got the heroes sure. oh, interview yeah, after that game. Yeah. He finally did it. Yeah. He got over those horrible Seminoles, and now it doesn't look impressive at all. It does not look that impressive. So what George is doing right now is so different of a quality and quantity uh, compared to the Rick. I mean, the closest I can come to is the last four or five games of the 07 season mm-hmm. under Rick, mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, I guess part of the run. Well, we looked at the O two schedule earlier, and and there were some blowout games in there, but there were also a couple of close games in that run. Well, as the well. reason, and the reason why we brought that up, you and I were talking about it, is we were wondering when the last time Georgia was eight and zero, and it was two thousand two. We still lost to Florida, but we didn't have that that bye week mm-hmm. before it came before uh, Georgia Tech. That's right. That week. Here, one note on Miami. We'll get into the games later. Miami is hosting Virginia Tech this year. Yeah. This week. Yep. They are three-point underdogs at home against Virginia Tech. So if that lets you know how much faith everybody has in that team, I think that tells you a little bit right there. Yeah. So one last point about where we are. Um, I think it is – I get bears saying, again, that I I now believe – it's not that I'm going to pick Georgia to win the rest of the games. I'm not going to be unrational. But um, the the thing about it is that I'm not going to be looking for – Ways to lose. Yeah. <laughs> um, even even in a way, I did. Although I did write a post on George Sports Blog. Yes, I still do that sometimes mm-hmm. about um, about the uh, kind of my concerns for Florida, and where I finally talked myself out of even worrying about that. Um, and the reality is, is that um, Georgia's Georgia's defense is built well enough to overcome a lot of bad mistakes, mm-hmm. even if we have the bad mistakes, which we aren't having. And then the offense is. Competent enough at running the ball, and at some point we're going to have to be better at throwing the ball. And I'm not sure that we aren't better. We just haven't seen it. I'm not but saying we, we're not. I'm just saying we how about we seen have, it. eventually we have to be more at throwing. The we ball. have to be more at throwing the ball. <laughs> uh, Seven passes. He is, threw. He completed four passes and outgained <laughs> Florida by forty yards. <laughs> That's nuts. That's and by the nuts. way, by the way, the touchdown pass to Wims. Oh, it's beautiful. What an amazing both, both, both It was a great catch, but that was a big, yeah. big, big-time throw. He, 
like ever so slightly. I mean, when I rewatched it, I mean, it was right down in front of us. So when I saw it, I was like, he's, he's got, he's got wins. I told Kristen, he's got wins by himself if he wants it. And I'd be damned if he didn't just like, and it was not, there was a no questions asked. I'm going to throw the ball. I'm going to throw it so only you catch it. Just a beautiful throw. So if you're worried about, I mean, if you're worried about Jacob from Jake, Jake from Jake Fromm's <laughs> ability to, I'm not saying he can carry this team passing. I think Trace McSorley this week. Uh, Ohio State showed how you can stop a quarterback from beating you um, because they, they really did shut down Trace McSorley. Um, well, but, also, they just knocked around that offensive line. Well, they knocked around the, and, and And, hey, we still have very good defensive fronts to face. Yeah. And if, if we go into the playoffs, I'm not saying we're going to. I'm just saying if we do, those are the kinds of defensive fronts we'll face yeah. every week. And we may well face them against Auburn and certainly against Alabama if we make the championship. Can you imagine playing Alabama in the first round of the playoffs in the Rose Bowl? No. I don't think there's no, any no, no, way no, that would no. no, they'll make it so that the SEC, if there are two SEC teams, we'll be, they will not we'll be, what, we'll okay. be one and three okay. or two and what three. If, what if Alabama and Georgia are one, two, and Georgia's two, and Clemson's the three, and Alabama's playing the, in the Sugar Bowl, and you're playing Georgia-Clemson in the Rose Bowl? That'd be fun. Well, I'll be there for that. I know, I'm just saying. <clears throat> so here's my thought about the playoffs. I, I think we need to come up with ground rules in the playoffs. Yes. And then this will help us transition into a South Carolina preview. Oh, we have to do that? Yeah, sorry. Uh, we, we get, we, there is a game. There is a game. I think our rule is a win this week, this, the East is done. Well, right? like, you have to be Kentucky. You have to be Kentucky. But wait, who's Kentucky have after that? This is um, what I'm saying. Kentucky still has. I'm looking. We're all looking. Hang on. I'm not looking. Kentucky still has Ole Miss at Vandy, Georgia. So if they win out, Duh. I'm sorry. No, a win that require. There's they, they can't lose it. They, I guess if, they have to lose Kentucky and Auburn. Right. Yeah, and then Kentucky would have to win. So they will not necessarily have a clinch unless Kentucky loses to Mississippi. Well, if we beat South Carolina, Auburn will clinch it. Yeah, but we, I'm Auburn. saying this week. Is there a yeah. chance for them to win this week? Would well, you I'm, rather clinch it at Auburn or clinch it at home against Kentucky? I'd rather clinch it this week against uh, against South Carolina. I don't think you can. Before you can if Kentucky, Kentucky would Kentucky have to lose. You won't know until I guess they're going on at the same time. Four right? o'clock. Four, four o'clock. Yeah. So okay. So anyway, so here's my so okay. go ahead. All right, go here's ahead. my ground rule. Here's my ground rules. Is this week again? Maybe Kentucky can jump up and make a run, but generally speaking. This is a win this week. SEC East is all but wrapped up. Not entirely wrapped up, but all but wrapped up. And Mississippi, if Mississippi can, Mississippi's got a little fight to them. Um, if they can, for what it's worth, I mean, Kentucky's only a three-point favorite in that game. So that's a generally a close game. That's the first step. Then I feel like once the SEC East is clinched, then we can do the, okay, how do we game? How do we game theory this to get Georgia sure. in to the playoff? No matter what happens against Alabama or Auburn, or if you split I, those, I will. I will concede because this week was a great week for that to happen. Right, the way it went down last week. If you are of the idea, if can Georgia get in if they split? If they beat Kentucky and South Carolina and split Auburn and Alabama, if you are someone that wants that to happen and thinks it's possible, last week was a great. Week and, for that and to happen. Things are still going to keep happening. Of course, yeah. just like you talked about in that thing about Notre Dame. And like I said, I will concede. Once the East is clinched, we clinch the East this week. I'll talk about it. Right. If not, I'll talk about it after Auburn. So those are our ground rules. 
Once the East is clinched, then we'll game theory that stuff out. That sounds until good. The, does, that, does that sound good? Yes. And, then, and okay. then I can do what I want to when we get to my segment. I, <laughs> I mean, if I bring it up, I'll I am it up. not talking about TCU's uniforms again. Oh, I've got uniform talk later. Of course you do. Because it's being requested on the Twitterverse. It's not being requested anywhere. <laughs> oh my God. Is this a marital aid? <laughs> no, it's a what? tripod. <laughs> Sorry, you look like a marital aid. Sure, it's a tripod. It's, sure, let's go with tripod. It's, it's a tripod. It'll, it'll connect to anything. You. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You're not convincing me it's not a marital aid. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so South we're going to talk about South Carolina? South Carolina or we're just going to act like Agent Muschamp's going to help us out? <laughs> yeah, go ahead and talk about South Carolina. A little love for Muschamp. Can we just talk? I know one player on that team that's Bentley. Here's a question. Here's a question. Here's a I think thought. That's Muschamp's car. Here's a thought process. Here's a thought question. Here's a thought leader. Here's a TED talk about um, that gets into the conversation of this game. If Mark Richt is not fired, is Kirby Smart the coach of South Carolina right now? So here's okay. He probably would have turned it down. I've heard from people that have good reason to know that that was absolutely in the works. Now. Whether Kirby accepts it or not, it's right. a whole different conversation. Right. Um, I, I agree. I think they were. I think that's why Georgia felt pressure to make the move. But if they had not fired Richt, which was a big deal, obviously, do you think? Do you think Kirby is the coach at coach right at now? Georgia? Yes. Right. No. Now. At South Carolina right now. Probably not. I think he's coach at Georgia right now. So you think he would have stayed on another year? I think he stayed another year. I think. I it was think, like I've waited this long. And I think I think Mark Rick gets fired after last year's. Tony would have called him and given played. He would have played the South Carolina preview from 2015 when he described his visit with Wayne yes. to Columbia. Yes, the rave and everything. Yes, absolutely. So yes, I think I think Kirby Smart's a coach here. Um, I think Mark Richt probably is not coaching at Miami. I think yeah, he is a special assistant to the right. president yeah. at the I, University of Georgia. That's, that's, I mean, you're, uh, you may there be is, onto something. There is a little bit of a butterfly effect there. Um, the interesting thing is, um, Will Muschamp's still the coach at um, at South Carolina. Yeah. And, and for what it's worth, and Joe McElwain's still the coach here yeah. at Florida. Yeah. It is funny. Uh, funny. One funny thing about McElroy, someone pointed this out, and I think it's Robert uh, Weintraub on Twitter, uh, that um, it's very possible that in 20 years, the one thing that's remembered about the Florida time at uh, the <laughs> McElroy's time in Florida is the shark thing. He's the shark. Like, it's it's, very, he definitely did not hump a shark. Which is something that like was not even him. And like, but Did you see the picture of him walking off the field? I know we're not going to stop talking about Georgia, Florida anytime soon. I, <laughs> He's walking off the field with his wife, and he had the look of a guy had all the weight that had been lifted off his shoulders. Yeah. He knew. I think. I he think could know, he'd go hump the shark now. Well, he only uh, got four million out of his twelve. Did you? Yes. By the way, his agent sold him out. Seriously. I mean, but yeah. I mean, look, it's Jimmy Sexton, right? I mean, Jimmy Sexton's going to find him another job somewhere at one point four million dollars, coaching UAB or something. Well, you know who or came out Georgia like, Southern. For what it's worth, you know who came out the gangbusters in this is Colorado State. Yes, they got all of the money. Yes. from the buyout that they have yes. in Colorado State, and got Bobo, who's doing just as good a job, if not better, than McAway was doing. Yeah, by the way, and they've got a big buyout for him. They'll be able to cash in again. They're like when the Oakland A's used to sell closers. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, oh <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. The coaching silly season started about the same time it always says, but it's gonna be interesting conversations because somebody asked me today, "Where's Mike Bobo ended up?" 
Feels like Missouri to me. I mean, it could end up at Tennessee, but it feels like Missouri. Missouri but, seems a more large, like yeah. a, a less of a huge leap. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Florida yeah. hire because I, I get the feeling they're not gonna they're not gonna rush into anything. I don't think they have to. Um, so well, it's, it's Foster Kelly, right? Like that's the direction. Kelly's a terrible fit there. I know he's a terrible fit, but like. McElwain won two SEC championships, but his offense was boring. So they fired him. Yeah. Kelly's offense will not be boring. By the way, here on Good Authority, John Gruden's finally going to take the Tennessee. <laughs> oh, yeah. John Gruden is completely every, Tennessee. He's going to take all the jobs. Can we talk about South Carolina? Yeah, sorry. Why? Here's my thing about Muschamp. My thing about Muschamp, I think that obviously he – it's it's important to remember – Obviously, he was a, he he didn't work out Florida, but he was the joke at Florida. Like he was mocked. It was a horrible decision. It's curious if if Florida fans, if they're capable of self reflection, which seems unlikely, if they are capable of self reflection, if perhaps I'm going to stop you here. Your indoctrination is complete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> if they're capable of of, of sentient thought. Wondering if you take a step back, and Muschamp, you know, thought is this big joke because he couldn't win at Florida. Now goes to South Carolina and has done, I think, a much better job. South Carolina was kind of mocked for hiring Muschamp. He was a bit of a joke when he came out of there. In fact, I think the Muschamp stink was actually a little on Kirby a little bit when he took the job. The idea that, like, oh, can you trust a defensive coordinator to come in and and and, and do that? Now, Muschamp, I think what he's done with South Carolina, you can make a legitimate argument. He has, I mean, I think it's hard to argue. He hasn't passed Florida and Tennessee in the SEC East. He's probably has the second best team in this in, in the East. That's not nothing, particularly for South Carolina. I, 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 I'm curious, though, because obviously he went here, he knows Kirby, is you don't get a sense that Muschamp has like a Georgia thing. Like, is, is there like an anger or like a go get Georgia thing? You guys would know that better. Well, than I, I, I think it's I mean, the fans towards him. Georgia uh, fans? Why did Georgia fans hate Muschamp? Well, because, just because he went to Florida. Because he's mouthy. Um, I, he, I think he has paid. He's tried, right? He's tried. Like he's made some comments about, um, you know, you know, I'm not great at math. Like where my degrees from? He said that was in Florida. I mean, to be fair, he did coach Florida and South Carolina with the Georgia. That's a hard thing to. Uh, well, to I mean, I'm all for taking his diploma away, uh, <laughs> but right. the the reality is is that I, you know I think was he, he really that good of a linebacker? I mean, really? I mean, he is absolutely one of the top five linebackers out of Rome. Um, so you guys, the, come on. I mean, he played during like a really down. Kirby would be very disappointed with. Well, this. I mean, he played in the mid '90s, and it was not great football. Uh, okay, put it this way. Put it this way. Um, he, part of my disdain for Will Muschamp is absolutely has everything to do with the fact that he's coached at at Texas, three of no, our two of our biggest rivals in South Carolina, right? right. right. LSU and Texas. Can, that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah whatever. Right. Um, and and that he comports himself like a jackass on the sidelines. Right. That's fair. That's Go fair. dogs. Are we ending here? <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, Bentley's the quarterback. He's decent. <laughs> he left high school early because he wants to enter the NFL draft. Next I don't know if year. you heard this. He could have been a high school senior last year. Yeah. <laughs> he left early because he, he found a loophole. I don't know why I'm getting on this little tangent. He found, he and his dad found a loophole to where there's no rule that you have to have graduated from high school uh, for three years. You just had to be three years removed from high school to be eligible for the NFL draft. So he left. So he could be eligible a year earlier. So he could be eligible a year earlier. 
I mean, the only thing I, the only thing I, I mean, you look at South Carolina, they're six and two, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of, and was before Chapel Bell Curve discovered Bill Conley. Um, Bill Conley's yes. S&P Plus because it, it, it provides some numbers that make you think about the season. So. I'm, I'm going to blow their minds for a second, by the way. You know, you know, I'm actually followed by Bill Conley. I don't just get occasionally, <laughs> lo- occasional tweets that I desperately, desperately beg to be liked by them. I'm actually followed by, I write something. On Twitter, I'd be like, "Here's an armpit noise," and Bill Connolly sees it. He potentially could favorite. Yeah, yeah, but maybe. But I don't even need him to because he's going to see everything I put on Twitter anyway. <laughs> so, um, I actually am going to block Bill Connolly just because of Chapel Bell. Oh my God! Do not block Bill. I Connelly. like Bill Connolly. I'm not going to block I'm, Bill Connolly. I think he follows me too. He follows a lot of people. I mean, he should follow you before he you follows me. You are ruining my rant, man. Um, so <laughs> when you look at their win expectancies, they beat NC State. And by the way, a game that is the most confusing game of the season, their win expectancy in that game, South Carolina's was 22%. 22%. That means they played the same, exact same game 100 times. They only win yeah. 22 times. Or if they um, played it 10 times, they might would win two times. That's a little bit easier uh, to get your head around. Sure. Um, so the, the Vanderbilt game, which they won, their win expectancy in that game was 43%. Yeah. So when you look at their second-order wins, it's actually 4.3 wins, right. which is a way of saying that when you add up all the percentages, you get 4.3. Right. Um, so they're, they're playing They have over. been lucky. They're, yeah. they're playing they're out ahead of their skis. They're, they're, they're ahead of their skis. But that's a metaphor you've used a lot. Uh, right. By the way, Jim McElwain, way out ahead of his skis. Yes. Um, so the, the interesting stop thing... Stop those sharks. Shark humper. So the thing that amazes me about... Are you threatening him? <laughs> oh, my God. The amazing thing about it is when you look at what they've done, their defense is pretty good, 47th and S&P Plus. It's decent. It's decent. The reason it's decent is their, their field position is really good. They have, like, the 20th best starting field position in the nation, um, which is really crazy when 21st. When you consider that that's really more a function of special teams um, and being able to return the ball, which gets me to a big injury they have at Debo Samuel. Debo, yeah. Right? So but he's that, been gone for a while. He he's been gone. This, is, this, is, this will be his fourth game gone. Okay. But they, they were so incredible at the beginning of the season. They said that. he had hit like 23 miles per hour on one of his kick returns. Or yeah, I, I hit that all the time in, <laughs> in my car. And um, so, you know, the, the thing about this game that you know, we, we, we like to talk about paths to victory. The only, the only true path to victory is if some reason we give up for Rodrigo no, we give up four turnovers. Yeah. I mean, that's it. We do things that we have not only not done. And three of them for scores. Yeah. Would, would we this, do things we haven't done. We do them not only that, that but we do them repeatedly. Often. You would, you would be having nightmares right now if this game were in Columbia on Saturday, weren't you? I would. I would uh, yes, I would be further that, in the that Columbia is just one of those places historically, not last year. Well, yeah. last year was a weird game because it was on Sunday, but historically it's been a tough but place. But Spurrier's gone now. Yeah. No, we, we knocked Spur, no Grayson Lambert knocked Spurrier out of coaching <laughs> yeah. two years ago. What fifty two to twenty? Love it. Well, another thing they're not great at is the number of scoring points inside. Once they get inside the forty, um, hey, you know how George has been hanging numbers on people lately? Yes, I looked it up. The series history with South Carolina, the largest margin of victory, forty two to seven, forty to zero. Oh, so that nice. that is in jeopardy this week. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. I mean... Yes, get ahead of ourselves. This just feels like... 
one of the fun things about this season has been the revenge tour, right? This is there's been this idea that like there was righteous and in, uh, righteous furious anger and uh, whatever the Are pulp, you fiction to quote line pulp fiction is. Yeah, whatever the pulp fiction line yeah. is. It's it's problematic to to quote Weinstein movies anymore. But um, that's is that a Weinstein movie. Yeah, well, he produced it. It's he produced it. Yeah. See, people like me wouldn't have never. Well, known uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yes. Tarantino oh, wait, and Weinstein were like. That. We can have the conversation about Tarantino if you want. But yeah. I mean, like, yeah. at some point, you have to be able to walk away and you're like. I mean, was Tarantino bringing him away? Oh, no, no, I agree. I agree. I, I still like it. I'm, I'm with you. We really don't have to have this discussion. But uh, the point is that I, but I do agree with your overarching point. Anyway, the point is, is that like this, this has been the whole thing about Georgia this year is Florida will pay. Tennessee will pay. This will like there will be retribution. I don't get that vibe from this game. Do you? Yes, because I went to South Carolina and left early on 35-7 drubbing. Yeah, but does Kirby feel that way? Like, he hates Will Muschamp. Okay, all right. No, I don't know, Will. I agree with your point. It's it's fine. I, I think this it, doesn't feel Steve like a Taney Hill from the Steve Taney Hill years, the ponytailed quarterback. You remember that guy? <sighs> so Garcia or Taney Hill, better hair. Now or then? Then. I mean, I'm sure Taney Hill didn't rock in that long. Yeah. That's not a mullet. It's not a Mike Gundy no, mullet. No, it was a ponytail. ponytail. So well, I mean, this is the question. The, right? the point. The point is well received, and that gets back to what I was talking about earlier. Is that the challenge Kirby has, and, and I'm done talking about Kirby passing coaching tests. Yeah, I think unless, he's unless we lose this game, um, in which case he's fired. No, he's let's not fired. Fi- let's, fi- but, let's find but, that but shot but of him. Now, a but now is where you really do have to, especially if we're ranked first tomorrow night or or whatever night it is that Scott gives us out Tuesday night. Um, it is the the next real step is is keeping them focused yeah. on the the task at hand. Because and for what it's worth, the two games that they have not had the furious anger, yeah, Vanderbilt and Missouri, which were both comfortable wins, yes, yes. but were not forty-two they, to seven, right? And they forty-one were, to nothing. Yeah, they were they were games where you looked at it and it's like, oh, we let up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, which is which is understandable. Teams do this all the time. Yes, yes. they do apologize for that, but it doesn't have that like we are going to destroy their souls. Yes, this doesn't feel to me like a destroy their soul game. The way I would argue that there's only one destroy their soul game left. You can, I think, Georgia Auburn, Tech. Just Georgia Tech. Yeah. Like Auburn is like it's just a legit like you better be up for the game. Well, yeah, that, that's you're, you're always up for that game. Yeah, right. But like, but that doesn't that's not a revenge tour game. Yes, like Georgia Tech is a revenge tour yes. game. Definitely. This is not a revenge tour game, and we've seen from this team when there are not revenge tour games. Yeah, but they're teams that they're clearly better at. There are times that they let up a little bit. I think we that's saw right. both Missouri and Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think yeah. Plus they've won, they've won three of the last four. Yeah, against South Carolina. Yeah. So. But which is which is again just something to be slightly worried about because while I think you are right to look at uh, the football study hall here and a lot of the point, they, South Carolina is probably not as actually good as their record. They still are good and and they're better than Florida and they're better than Tennessee and it's been fun to stomp on the necks of Florida and Tennessee when they've been in a down period. However, you have a team that you're not up for as much. You have a team that is a little bit better than those teams. I'm not saying this is a, I'm, I do not think this is a loss, but I do think that this is a game that makes you maybe a little tighter than you want it to be, at least in the first half. Yeah, I think that's, that sounds right. I mean, um, 
noted noted Jake Bentley uh, fan Scott would say how well his completion rate. I don't know. I don't know if you're a Jake Bentley fan. Uh, I think he's probably your favorite or second favorite country music artist. Um, but you know the completion rate. I literally have no idea who that is. <laughs> Jake Bentley. <laughs> he's, the never... he's the quarterback for South Carolina. Oh, Jake uh, Bentley. I'm or sorry. also an opening act for Luke Bryan this weekend. Oh, okay, okay. So, um, so it sounds like a country music. So I actually thought you were saying an yes. actual country music person. The jokes aren't as funny if I have to describe them well. Um, Cut this part out. <laughs> Do not cut this part out at all. So, I mean, you know, look, Bentley's, he, he's pretty efficient. He's 13 TD passes, four interceptions. He's completing 61% of his passes. But he is, he is basically, you know, Felipe Franks without all the histronics, right? I mean, they throw a lot of short underneath stuff. They do a lot of flares in the flats. They do a lot of bubble screens. Um, they, they can go deep, although now that Debo Samuel's Done. That's not really even an option they, for they them. They can't really run the ball compared comparison to Georgia. I think Georgia outrushes them by 130, 140 yards a game. Well, they, they Georgia outrushes a lot of people. Well, by no, I'm just making a point. But hey, but trying to get stats I, you know, so you know the the path. If you talk about path to victory for South Carolina, you really are looking at you really are looking at Georgia handing the game away. Right. That's the thing. That, that, that goes back to my last point. You need not only Georgia to do things they haven't done before this season, you need to have them happen a lot. A lot, yeah. And so. So Jacob Bentley, not a real thing. Jacob Bentley. And he's, he's probably going to declare for the NFL next year. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. You know, defensively, the, the one thing that concerns me a little bit about South Carolina is they're fairly decent at. Um, they're fairly decent at stopping the outside run. Um, although it was nice to see Sony bump a couple of runs inside that including the what 70 something yarder, which Gary Danielson set up so nicely by saying he's 15 to 47, 15 rushes for 47 yards, which was so awesome. I'm pretty sure Gary Danielson watches that at his house with the lights down and with a like a tumbler of bourbon or something. I, I have to say. I know he's been doing games for a long time. I really like Gary Danielson. Dude, I, I, I know he's polarizing to a lot of people. He, he catches a lot of hype. I think he's I feel actually like really he's good. smart. No, I think he's good. He's I think smart. he's good. He, put, he clearly puts in the research. Yes. Sony, Sony is sixth in the country in average yards per carry. That was an interesting segue. <laughs> so well, it's I good. was looking for yeah. it, and I'd yeah. written it down, yeah. and I found it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of people low-key have been saying Sony should be the Heisman. If there's a Heisman favor on George team, it should be Sony. Over over Chubb, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. I right. can cross that stat off. Yeah, go ahead. And Which is that fine off. because yeah, I have to say the, the one running back that excites me the most when he gets the ball is still probably Swift. Yeah, like every time he oh gets it, he looks like Rodney Hampton. It's amazing. His balance man. is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you, Holyfield like a, though. Holyfield, how hard does he yeah. run? Yeah, yeah he, I mean, but Swift is like a big megat. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like he feels like he's like a sturdier megat. Like I don't know, it's, it's it, awesome. it is his balance is amazing. You cannot come in with some sort of like. Is it better than yours on my stairs? Yeah, well, I have pretty good balance. On your Those stairs. are very nice stairs. Have are we they? Just nice go the up and down. Are. They really are nice stairs. They are. Let's just go up and down. So, all right. So can we? Uh, Let's move. We do let's some picks. Let's go. Let's are we going to do picks now? We no, picks. Why not? Yeah, we're going to do picks. Okay. Do you want to read some reviews? I do. We have some new reviews. Okay. Well, we got to do the picks. People are excited about reviews. That's good. It's a good idea, right? All right. Let's 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 do this. So, um, get to hear the reviews. Let's start this off Saturday. Saturday. Auburn at Texas A and M six and two five and three. For information only, your spread's fifteen points. 
we're just picking winners. We're just picking winners. Uh, Auburn, by the way, is the favorite. Yeah, I think Auburn is is <clears throat> comfortably okay. I think this is this could if this is a blowout. Are we starting someone rumors again? Those are kind of like stopped a little bit. But if this is, I a think blowout, they started they this back? week after losing Mississippi State. Yeah, but. yeah, I'm going to go with Auburn. I mean, did you see the atrocities that Texas A&M wore against Mississippi State? Yeah, they were they were glow in the dark helmets or something like that. They were serious? terrible. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I, I like Auburn here. <laughs> mm, this is a fun y'all. One. Florida versus Missouri. Missouri's going to win this game, and they're going to become bowl eligible eligible very soon. Missouri is a home favorite against Florida. Yeah, by Florida, three Florida might win that if they're a home favorite, but I'm pulling for Missouri because they're going to become bowl eligible. Have they, is Zaire starting? I have to. Can we talk about how Zaire just looked like a million times better oh, when yeah. he was in the he, game? Yeah, I mean Georgia's second and third string right defense was in, but, but Zaire just gives you something there was that Frank doesn't give you. There was a spark right. there. Yeah, um, I don't know who they're starting. Yeah, Zaire starts on to pick Florida. I'm still taking Missouri. It was, yeah, I'm still taking Missouri. I feel like I'm going to regret this if I'm taking Missouri. By the way, did you agree with the picks? That we made for you last week? You know, it's fine. I was listening to a few of them. Mostly, there was one of them you were like, he doesn't know anything about South Carolina and just like moved on for that. But other than that, I thought, I have to say, generally speaking, I found your predictions for me what I was about to say. I'll have you know, I was in, I was literally walking around Universal Studios and like the Frankenstein. You should have taken a selfie. Yeah, so uh, to be able, I, but it's, it's it's one of my one of my favorite things. I listen to podcasts all the time when I run, and so to listen to this podcast, I listened to this podcast and I was running. It was very funny to to be like, oh, they're talking about me. I made the I made the podcast happen. Well, when Wes Anderson does uh, being Will Leach, yeah, this yeah, is be a this sad is place. there. Yeah. All right, Illinois goes to West Lafayette and plays Purdue. <clears throat> uh, for the record, Illinois is going to cover this game. Illinois looked okay against Wisconsin. I will say, I think no, they I actually they, held yeah, in. Yeah, uh, they've got they're starting they're starting their freshman quarterback. They've fi- they've finally moved on from Jeff George Jr. and starting the freshman exciting quarterback. So uh, I do not think Illinois will win this game, but I think they get within two touchdowns. I mean, why not pick Illinois? Because, I mean, Purdue, they, they ran a fake, uh, what, flea flicker? Or no, they, yeah, they did. They ran, they're the team. They ran that, it beautifully. Yes, yes. And I don't know why that matters, but I'm going to pick Illinois. I'm going to have a brief uh, self-flagellating moment. Yes. Very briefly. Not, not unrelated to Illinois. Mostly unrelated to Illinois. Uh, Dan Walken. We all know Dan Walken from USA Today. Many people have thoughts positive. Many people have thoughts negatives. Yes. Uh, lots of thoughts about Dan Walken. But it's funny because the, uh, USA Today ran a feature last week about the buyouts for all of coaches throughout college football. And he noted that Lovey Smith had a $16 million buyout, which sounds, if you don't know the actual context of the situation, like a terrible thing because Illinois is struggling. And But, of course, there is no way – if unless Lovey Smith is found doing something bad, let's put it that way – there, uh, I'm, Perhaps humping a shark. Yeah, he has hump, shark humping. Uh, there is no way he's being fired after five, in the next five years. Yeah. It's just not happening. That buyout is actually there for him. Yeah. That buyout is actually to say, just to let you know, there's no way this is going to happen. And so it was a good argument, frankly, against national journalists. I say that worrisomely because I am, in fact, a national journalist. And it's a good reminder that up into this year, Walken 
Mandel, all good, the reporters that we all like and are all good reporters, they were all, what's Kirby Smart doing? What's going on over there? This guy, uh, is he another must champ? Like, it is worth remembering that the national reporters, the ones that get you excited, the ones you, when they write about you or mad when they write negatively about your team, there are uh, more than 100 teams to cover and more than 50 teams to cover seriously. They're never going to quite get the exact details on this. Every Illinois fan, that when Dan Walken said, oh my gosh, that Lovey Smith buyout is terrible, every person that actually paid attention to the Illinois program immediately was like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. Not to say that you're a bad person or that you are always stupid, but in this specific instance, you are so wrong. It's always a good reminder that... I say this as a national reporter myself, we really only kind of know what's going on, which is why you should listen to the Wait Since Last Saturday podcast, because we are the loyalists here. And you can get your Big Ten material from us, too, because we're, we're talking about Big Ten. Today. I know, but this is a larger point. Wait, you're going to have to name more than Walken and Mandel to get to people I like. <laughs> um, so I'm going to pick Purdue. Penn State versus Michigan State. This is a 7 versus 24 game. I mean, Michigan State and... Northwestern, don't get me started on Michigan State, just ruining a great opportunity to be 7-1 and one yeah. by losing, what, a double overtime, triple overtime game to, Northwestern. to Northwestern. Evanston's true Big Ten team? Yeah, at least in the top three. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to pick against Penn State here. Yeah, Penn State should have won that. Uh, had every opportunity to win that game, and Michigan State stinks. Yeah. I'm ranked 146th. You got to go against. You got to risk. I tight. was hot about that. You guys saw me calling you out on Twitter. <laughs> I know. I'm kicking both your tails. I know. Are you? I'm ahead of both of you. I was last still, week. Unless I had a bad week this week. I'm picking Michigan State. Yeah, man. So Western Kentucky travels to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. This is a 11 and a half point Vanderbilt. Uh, fair. That's a crazy line, right? Well, until I remind you that Illinois beat Western Kentucky this year. Western Kentucky's five and three. Illinois beat Western Kentucky this year. I'm just going to repeat that to you. Illinois beat Western Kentucky twenty to seven. Their best win is Charlotte or Eastern or Old Dominion. Yeah, Vanderbilt's going to beat them by more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're, you're seeing Western Kentucky and you're thinking Western Michigan, and you're thinking. No, I, I can read the K. I understand that, but like. It's that it seems like that type of mid-major team that's sure. better than you think. They're not. Okay. Man, I wonder if if, if Fandy can get bowl eligible if they win this game. They can Kentucky, Missouri, and at Tennessee. No, that, that that's just crazy. Same. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I'm still picking Western Kentucky. So, Georgia Tech travels to Virginia. Um, I'll take a shot at this win. Georgia Tech. Uh, their chop blocking asses really, <laughs> really went hard at Clemson and did not succeed. Um, I mean, Tech is in a position where, I mean, they're four and three, but if they don't win this game, they have Virginia Tech at Duke, Georgia, and at UCF. They have to win this game to get bowl eligible. And there's still no guarantees they will get bowl eligible. I don't think they're going to win this game. That UCF game is canceled, right? Uh, that's a, that's, Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. the UCF yeah. game is canceled. So they 100% have to win this game to get yeah. eligible, right? Yeah. So one, two, three, four games left. And they got four wins. And they have four wins. Uh, they are four and three. Yeah. I'm still picking Virginia. I'm taking Georgia Tech. I think Virginia is going to win. They've uh, Tech's had a house of horrors up there in Charlottesville. All right, Clemson. Lots North- of fine people. Many fine people. Oh, my God. 
But like Herman <laughs> Herman Moore, Herman Moore was Maybe a receiver fine there. People. Yeah, there yeah, he was good. Uh, who else played for Virginia? Was it Shazier on the Steelers? Um, I don't even know. Spencer or something. I don't know. Maybe five. Um, so Clemson, North Carolina State. The game's in Raleigh Carter Finley Stadium. So I am going to really get provocative here because the stadium's named after the quarterback. It's not really. Uh, but I'm picking NC State. NC State kind of broke my heart a little bit last week. I, uh, I wanted them to have that South Carolina season that we talked yeah. about, yeah. and they didn't. They could not beat Notre Dame. They actually looked a little weak against Notre Dame. I'm comfortably taking Clemson. I'm taking North Carolina State because whenever I think of Clemson, North Carolina State, I think at the time they beat them, and that guy ripped his shirt off and is the meme. You can look it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's waving his shirt, and this is he why, this should is have why kept I'm, his shirt on. This is why I'm beating you guys, by the way. This, oh, yeah. this kind of, I, this kind of I, logical. I, yeah, I picked NC State. Yeah. Uh, Mississippi at Kentucky. I don't know, man. I want Mississippi this game. I feel like Mississippi's a little better than you think. I'm taking Mississippi. I think Georgia is clinching the SEC East this weekend. Kentucky's at home. Mississippi is kind of a hot mess. They've got a backup quarterback. They blew a lead. They had a huge lead against Arkansas. Let them come back at home. I'm going to go with Kentucky. C-A-T-S, cats, cats, cats. Um, uh, another uh, two-ranked team, Stanford, travels to the Pallop to play Washington State. I mean, i got to take Washington State here, even though they've looked really janky the past few weeks. Stanford yeah. has lost. They've lost their top player. Yeah. And they're in Which is a crazy play. Yeah. It's terrible. So I'm actually taking Washington State in this game. Yeah, I'm going to take Jacob Eason's future school as well <laughs> no. oh, and damn. go with uh, the Cougars. He's not, he ain't going to Washington State. Yeah. So Bedlam, that's, that's, a, that's a future conversation. Bedlam is being played on November the 4th, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. It's two seven and one teams, a de facto play out game for the college football playoffs. For the illusion that the Big Twelve is going to get a team. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, yeah, this game is in Stillwater. I got to take the mullet. Oklahoma State. I'm taking Oklahoma. I want to take Oklahoma. I had them picked as one of my teams, but yeah. Oklahoma State just I'm feels right. Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma lost to Iowa State. That's their only loss, and Iowa State's really good. So I'm going to pick Oklahoma. All right. Southern Miss plays. Remember the joke about how Texas was going to like come up and bite somebody this year? Yeah. It turned out they bought, they bit Iowa State. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa State. Oh my God. That's really the truth. <laughs> that is really the truth. So um, Southern Miss travels to Knox Vegas to play Tennessee, which is just the craziest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, Scott, what say you? I mean, Southern Miss is going to win this game. It's kind of hands down. Butch is. His lost control of Mark Rick's uh, lost control ness <laughs> I, I, I think Tennessee wins this because Tennessee is going to have an amusing – Tennessee is not going to get out of bowl contention this quickly. I feel like this is the game that they win and then get their hearts broken late. I, I like Tennessee win this game because Butch Jones. You know, there's a hashtag trending boycott Nealon. Well, that happens every three years. Um, it's a two-syllable word. So, I'm glad they made it. <laughs> Indoctrination complete. Uh, Arizona travels to the Coliseum yeah. to play Southern Cal. Arizona's having a sneaky good year. Rich Rod was on the hot seat. Yeah. Right? I don't think they win this game, but it is a really fun late night game. If Arizona wins this game, you've got to start getting Helton worries. Like, there were already a lot of concerns. Oh, my Southern Cal friends are ready for Helton. Yeah. Gone. In year one, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, my Southern Cal fans want... Uh, 
uh, Butch to be fired, so they'll hire T. Martin. Yeah. It's kind of pretentious. What's that? My Southern Cal friends. I don't have any Southern Cal friends. Well, so as a former student in Illinois, he's, it doesn't matter. You say um, friends, plural. Yeah, well, so, so you I have another friend. Cal is like Oxford. I have another friend. <laughs> it's a private school in LA. I wish I. Here's Grierson the thing. went to USC. I wish. See, I wish see, I we had, both have Southern Cal friends. Look, yeah. I wish I had Southern Cal friends. Joe Sheehan, the baseball player. Yeah, Joe went there. Yeah, yeah. Freaking I'm, like, I have an, I have like Ill, my Illinois friends. Like three of Snoop Dogg's kids went to USC. Like I don't know why. And one played basketball at awesome. UCLA. And everyone. That's awesome. Um, yeah, still, I'm picking Southern Cal. I'm going to pick Arizona. Kind of brief moment of saying I've never felt more old that we've reached the point that Snoop Dogg is hosting a game show. That makes me feel incredibly old. Yeah. So that, weird. Like, that we's, that's what's happening. All right, the fighting Mark Ricks at home versus Virginia Tech. Dude, the Hokies are all over them, right? Uh, this feels like... I mean, this is the, we keep the, saying it. This is the luck run out game, right? Like, when is the luck run out game? They call it the LRO game on the, on the Solid Verbal Podcast. You know, he lost one game in his second year at Georgia. This is his second year at Miami. He's going to lose one. So, which one's it going to be? It's I not going to be this week. I think it's Notre Dame. I, I think Notre Dame is the game he loses. I am picking Miami this week. What are you doing? I'm, I'm picking he, Miami. He's picking Miami. Give me the Hokies. So the late game, LSU travels to Tuscaloosa. <laughs> Coach O, who looked to be like nearly fired three yeah. weeks ago, is six and two traveling into Alabama. Just think if they hadn't lost to Troy. I mean, they'd be in the mix. Oh yeah, no, that would be yeah, completely. They yeah. would be in the. You're right. They'd be in yeah. like this would be the whole deal. But and for the record, if you beat Alabama on the road. You might be. That feels like over, that overcomes a Troy loss or a, a Chua loss, as I call it. Oh, can we look at Alabama's schedule? We have Alabama's schedule. Yes. Is this their toughest game left? Oh, no, no, they, oh I guess Auburn. Auburn. Uh, they have Mercer. Oh, yeah. They could, actually, they traveled to Mississippi State, that, which is I interesting. I have to say, those are kind of not, those are interesting games. Yeah. Like if Kirkpatrick has like a Johnny football game, yeah, Fitzpatrick, excuse me, yeah. if he has a uh, Johnny football game, maybe. Yeah. I mean, their out-of-conference out schedule was really weird. Uh, their best game was now not a great Florida State game. Is that their best win? Florida State? Yeah. Oh, totally it is. Oh, man, no. Maybe at Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Yeah, at yeah, yeah, Texas sorry. A&M. Right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Which was only eight points, by the way. Yeah. So, so do you think by just by looking at this, when the rankings come out tomorrow – I mean, yeah, Georgia's going to be number one. I'm fine. I'll say it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're going to talk if about it. If they're, I understand why they wouldn't be if they're just like, it's Alabama. You've done yeah. But let's not forget, Alabama did not, in fact, win the national championship last year. Right. And so, well, I, don't neither know, did Georgia. I don't know why you give them that presumption. <laughs> yeah, Alabama wins this game. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Okay. So here we are, guys. We find ourselves South Carolina, the uh, 3.30 kickoff against the Georgia Bulldogs, CBS game. Scott? Come back to me. Okay, I'll go. Uh, I feel, as I warned earlier, this feels like a game that is a little closer than you want it to be. This feels like the letdown game. This feels, and again, their letdown games have been South Carolina and Missouri. Obviously, with Vanderbilt, Missouri. South, uh, uh, the Missouri game was a little scary early. And then they pulled away, and the Vanderbilt game was more. You wanted them to crush their windpipe a little bit more than they actually did crush their windpipe. This feels kind of like the Vanderbilt game to me. This feels like a 31 17. This feels like a 31 14, 31 17 game to me. Wow. I, this feels like, a, like not 
a slam them to the ground and destroy them game. I will confess. Um, the way South Carolina runs the football really makes me think that this is a game that George can be able to control from the from the get go. Um, having said that, I, I'm, I can't argue with the 31. I, I think it's closer than 35 or 38. Um, I just don't see them score many more than 14 points, and even one of those being a late look what I did touchdowns. So well, maybe it's 30. Maybe it's. 31-10. Maybe it's 31-10. Yeah. There's a garbage yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think it's closer to 38-10, 38 38-14. Okay. Scott. Georgia is – we are entering a bull market or have been in a bull market. If you chart oh, – Let me get a picture of this. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. If you chart – This was made for the Instagram of the wait and since last night. Oh, I would not put this on Instagram. More well, like what, Twitter. But if you chart the um, final scores that Georgia has been putting up, or at least uh, you know on Georgia's side of the ledger – you know, there's a little bit of a trickle up and then, you know, it comes back down kind of like the stock market. You know, that's really what you want to see in a stock market. Uh, you don't want to just con- see, see it continuing to just go up in a straight arrow. You want to see some, uh, you know, coming back down, some some correcting. And last week was a correction uh, when they did not improve on their 45 point mark from the week before and go up to, I'm sorry, I misspoke, they're 53 marks. So they came back down to 42. What I'm saying is they're going to score 56. That's just Woo! doing the math. Here, I, I don't really know what South Carolina is going to score. Let's just say 20 to 24. It's just going to be, um, you know, and that's going to be on the second and third team after it's way out of hand because uh, that's kind of what happens when you put in first-year players. But we're getting them good and ready for uh, the stretch run and then uh, the, the, the season next year. To the, use a stock market term, I would call that irrational exuberance. Yeah. But, well, that's uh, a bull market. Nevertheless. So, Georgia, no, that's Georgia. what bull, mar- bull markets are driven by, irrational exuberance. Like the current bull market, actually, is the definition of something driven by irrational irrational. exuberance. Don't start. It's all irrational. All right. So. Questions. Do not tune out. We have questions. Yeah. Not uniform talk. But they can tune out here if they want to. You're terrible at this. You know, it's funny. No, no, I'm giving giving them an option. You know, it's funny. Uh, You know, I do the Grish Unleashed podcast. And at the end of this week's podcast... Uh, we went on like about a 15 minute discussion of how what my friend Tim and I's favorite movie experience we went to go see JFK yeah. in 1991 yeah. and it like it like totally affected me this will come as a shock to you but I was became kind of like a conspiracy theorist what? I was like release the files I like wore like to my and baseball that- practice and scholastic ball tournaments I wore a t-shirt that said JFK we want the truth release the files not surprising that was me slapping my forehead yeah so and, but I remember at the time thinking in 2017? I can't wait that long. 2017. And of course, the JFK files were released this week, and I yawned like everybody else did. And Man. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, we had a 15 minute. LBJ discussion. was in the clan in the 40s. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, it's a I thought it was Ted Cruz's dad that actually did it. Um, <laughs> but I was like, you laugh. That's over your head? Literally, the dip in the Bovril office claimed that Ted Cruz's dad was involved. I I missed that. Lots Ted of people Cruz's are missing lots of was, stuff. I'm apparently. focused on. His I'm dad focused, was a preacher in Canada. Focused on podcasting and. Anyway, the point is, is we had this long discussion that was entirely mostly irrelevant. Okay. But we warned them beforehand. If you want to shut off, you can shut off. Did you get? You, we have your download. Did you get it recorded live with him while you're in LA? Uh, no, no, no. So it's, yeah, so we did that. Um, quick rundown. Uh, just some. Some stats. Uh, Miami, uh, and actually Coach Mark Drick, is going for their 13th game in a row. 
Who would have thunk that? 13th win in a row? 13th win in a row. They have the longest active streak in the country right now. That's great. Georgia's second in the country with nine in a row because you count the bowl game because we lost at Tech last year. Um, Georgia's margin of victory uh, is also ranks like in the top four, 26.3. FSU, interestingly enough, has been to 35 straight bowl games. They lead the nation. Not happening. Georgia's is Georgia second. Where's Georgia? They're third. third. Can you name who's second? Oh, Active streak. That's a good question. Um, Georgia has been to twenty in a row. Georgia's been to twenty in a row, which gets us to Ohio State. Seven. Is my is my guess? No, they were banned. Hold on. So Southern Cal. No, they were banned. Too. Oh, they were banned. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Oklahoma. That's my guess is Oklahoma. No. Nope. No. Nebraska. No. 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 Y'all are, you're not even close. Well, well tell us then. Virginia Tech. Oh, that's really a Virginia yeah. Tech thing. That's, that's such a Virginia Tech. Yeah. Tech, Georgia Tech used to be up there until about three or four years ago. Um, all right, let me cross that off. Uh, uniform hot takes from this past weekend. Ohio State had the grays on and they had the LeBron cleats. Was it the grayest uniforms of the season? They, were, they weren't even the grayest of the weekend. Probably. That's true. No, but I'm getting there. But uh, I don't know. What, what were y'all's thoughts on it? I thought it looked horrible. Um, it seemed a weird time to wear them. They looked like a Force, Awak- a, a Force Awakens. Yeah, like, a, uh, like a Stormtrooper? Stormtrooper or something with the red. Like, I don't know. It, it, I literally had no thoughts on it. was not a good look. I, well, I have not a lot of uniform thoughts, but I generally do. I'm of the belief. Ohio State just had its biggest win of the year. It didn't look like Ohio State. That I agree. Yeah. That's, that, that's See, I can be my, rational. Yeah, yeah, that's the extent um, of my Illinois, the ghost, the galloping The great ghost. ghost. The great ghost. ghost. My bad. Looked great. Yeah. And for the record, I had I got it was I, I have to say we make fun of Scott a lot for caring about the uniforms. I got so many emails from media people being like, "What in the world is Illinois wearing?" Red Grange. Yes, it's, it's based on Red Grange. They they wear them. The problem is, is Illinois wears them every homecoming. Every homecoming they wear them, but ordinarily they're not on ESPN at noon. On homecoming, usually they're playing Purdue and nobody cares. But this year, because they're big ten three. Yeah, but this year because they're playing Wisconsin, they played them on Wisconsin. Illinois wears them every year for homecoming. I like them. Like they, they feel like they have an actual reason you would wear the Red Grange uniforms. Red freaking Grange went to Illinois, um, so I think that that makes sense. There's a logical <clears throat> thing for this. And I talked about how bad the Texas A&M uniforms were. Just keep on going. Maryland wore their black and gold throwbacks, and I, I had to do some research. They used to wear these exact uniforms in the 1940s, and so it was called. Really? They're all American ones. They were they were paying homage to, I think the the teams that couldn't play during World War II. I might be making that up, but something like that. So Maryland, the problem with Maryland is they have too many they, different ones. Exactly, yeah, so. exactly. All right, questions. Uh, we're going to start with questions from Twitter. We're going to hit these real quick. Um, Eric Streitenberger. Street burger. Street burger. Okay. It's straight. He asked, Definitely. should Sony be an All-American candidate at least at this point in the season? I'd say yeah. I'd have to look at stats, but yeah, it feels like he would be a top two or three team. Yeah, well, All-American candidate is, are you First team, two? second team. Okay, so okay. Something because like that. Obviously, yeah, he's yeah, not one. Saquon is one. Um, but I don't, honestly, I don't think so because... He's splitting carries a lot. Yeah, he's splitting too many carries. Plus, Saquon Barkley is also returning kicks. Yeah. I mean, he is... 
I don't think he's in the uh, even if you went to third team. I don't think he's there. But that's a compliment, frankly, to what George is doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. is that you don't have to rely on him. Jen Erickson also talent wise. Talent wise, I think he's there, but I, I don't think you can give it to him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Ashley Barrett, a new Twitter follower, um, tweeted us. She so. she screen grabbed something that Brandon Adams of Dog Nation yeah. wrote about Kirby, basically uh, uh, an, an op ed saying back in 2015 that he was a horrible candidate. So I thought it was funny. You can go to our Twitter feed That's and a, see that, it. That, what's the thanks, that? Ashley? Cold takes exposed. Yeah, yes. exactly. You know, he should have yeah. checked his uh, Twitter history yeah. and maybe scrubbed it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I couldn't care less. If, uh, I predicted. I made so many yeah. dumb predi- predictions. They're stupid. I'm very strong. Joshua Barnhart. He JB. said. He, yeah. He said Kirby got 52, 47, and 38 on him as a player versus Florida. So he'll be out for blood. Yeah. And so he kind of correctly predicted that Kirby would not let up because Tony and I were wondering if he would let up during the game. And he uh, said... He let up. You think so? Yes. I think he did. Well, because he's friends with McElwain. Uh, I think, I think this, it was the situation, I think to be big. entirely honest. I yeah, think I think he was playing a long game. I think he was like, you know what? I'm going to keep my powder dry. I mean, anyone could see that McElwain was getting fired after that game. Yeah. What are you trying to prove? Yeah. Um, hey, Berto. Hey, Bert. He, he, he comments sometimes. Uh, he said, Tony Waller was right. The Georgia-Florida game was played in Macon. He said, the University of Florida doesn't recognize it, but UGA does, so Tony Waller's right. Hey, so thank you, that. Berto. I feel like the University of Florida probably doesn't recognize a lot of things. Yeah, maybe yeah, so. like the Constitution. Um, Booby Miles. Be my. Tweets that, uh, he said, it feels like this year has been lighter on hype videos for Georgia, or am I just not looking in the right place? So I have a little rant about this. Okay. One of my biggest frustrations as someone that oftentimes in Sunday morning when other people are going to church, I'm keeping my children, uh, uh, that's the one time they get to watch television. We don't do not a big television family, but we get, they get to watch television on Sunday mornings, and we often watch like videos on YouTube and watch like football stuff and so on. And two years ago, up until the new UGA, Scott, you'll understand this because you do this social media stuff. Up until two years ago, all these videos were on YouTube and you could watch all of these things. Now the UGA productions, they all keep them in house. They don't put the Vimeo, they don't put them on YouTube anymore. And I will say that like, I would argue that a lot, I know the Vimeo is cooler and you get HD better, but they're not as easily shared. I would argue that a lot of the hype video stuff, while they might, I'm sure young kids are, uh, the, 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 the young people that involved in UGA production are like, oh, this is awesome, Vimeo is better, because it is, but people want to use YouTube and UGA Sports has zero YouTube presence right now. Yeah, and I think I. it's I think it's ultimately. Well, I don't either. But like I would if no, I were, I have all my videos on Vimeo. Yeah, yeah. that that Which is right. Here's the thing. Makes I'm sense. not exactly happy about it, but it's what mm-hmm. I've always done and so I've kind of Can't you just put them on YouTube too? I could, but that would take a lot of effort. Okay, well you should yeah. put them on YouTube. Um, one other my, reason My point is I would I don't understand why UGA like I, for example, on Sunday mornings we can watch highlights of every other team in college football except for Georgia mm-hmm. on YouTube, and I think that's unnecessary. Yeah. And one other reason, uh, Frank Martin, he used to be the video production guy, and he graduated, I think, last year. So and now he's coach of basketball, in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, so um, so that that could be one other reason. All right, it seems it seems a mistake. So if any one of you from UGA Productions are listening to, I run by your offices on Millage every day. Uh, please put them back on YouTube. Um, someone uh, called at Georgia versus Florida says solid props to Wait and Society podcast and Chapel Hill Curb for being a solid <laughs> UGA podcast. Great listens for the ride down to Jacksonville. And I was thinking like, oh sweet, this is like an official uh, Georgia Florida account at GA verse. FL has like 15 followers and was just kind of created as a, uh, you know, an unofficial fan page. Well, but then we screw we off. We appreciate we still appreciate it. Of course. Because if great. we didn't, I wouldn't have read it. I don't need official crap. Um, You're great, man. I Hob- love your unofficial ass. Hobbs is me. Uh, tweeted, can we just talk about how Georgia people would like talking jerseys if they didn't lose to Florida, Alabama, and Boise so bad and with their memories of those bad jersey so i mean i kind of agree that the uniform talk so is hobbs named after a tiger or a philosopher i don't know but uh sea dog knight commented saying after what we talked about last week the three loudest he's ever heard sanford was 2013 lsu auburn 2007 and Clemson 2014, which I can't disagree with. Can I mention, I want brief, because yep. like, I, I was listening to the podcast last week, and you mentioned that LSU might have been one of the, la- the last, yeah. you guys had this discussion of what the last mm-hmm. was. For the record, you know, that was my first ever Georgia game. Yeah. Was LSU. That was literally the first game I've ever went to. And it's always hard because I, my formidable cultural memories are from like the early 90s when Illinois beat Colorado the year they won the national championship and Memorial Stadium was full of 75,000 people and the thing was out of control. So I always, to me, that I haven't seen it louder than that. But I, for me at the time, I, I've always thought, oh, that's just because it was my first game and I was overwhelmed by it. So it was a relief to me to learn that you guys mm-hmm. who have been going to games for years and years and years also thought that game was yeah. unusually loud. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, you mentioned that last week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I just I wasn't here, so I'm commenting. On it. That's an interesting point. Uh, Dogfan1980 uh, was accusing that Hobbs account as being like my other Twitter account. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny. Well, I tailgated with him this past weekend at Jacksonville, and he was like, did uh, Scott, Scott see my thing? I was like, well, I'm sure he did. And he's like, well... Did you I think, not respond? Do you think it's his fake account? I was like, well, you know Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I think that this guy sure probably sure just, uh, yeah. you know, thinks a lot alike with me. Um, let's see. A uh, guy named Kevin D. Williams says, love the podcast. And Del McGee didn't coach Jasper because we mentioned about Carver Columbus. Oh, yeah, he was he only said there a short time. He was not at Carver very long, but changed the culture very quickly there. He's a good coach. So. If, but one brief thing, mm-hmm. being of Columbus, if anyone, I'm missing the game this weekend. Steeplechase. Because I'm going to be at Steeplechase. So I'm going to know no one, and my wife is going to be really busy. So if anyone listening is at Steeplechase, please email me, williamfleach at yahoo.com. I'm going to be looking for Georgia fans to drink they and have booze. watch that game with at 3.30. They have booze. So, yeah, I know they do, and they will have the game on as well. But And I know some, I know a lot of my wife's friends. They're all very nice people. But if anyone – this is a long shot. But if anybody's a steeplechase, please email me because I am – and if you have – I'll put it this way. Y'all hook well up. If you haven't made it this long into the podcast and are listening to this, ninety minutes, and will be at Steeplechase, you and I are already best friends. So we have to actually hang out. Right. So I've got some other uh, points and everything, but I'm just gonna have to cut them off because I want to do like a couple of podcast reviews. Sweet. We're not gonna be able to do all of them. 
because we got like five since last week. So we will, I will keep track and I will, we will not neglect them, but we are just going to have to um, make it more abbreviated because people I think have really taken to what will has suggested because they're writing novels. They're not just saying great podcasts. They, and I'm going to, there's one in particular when I say the word novel, well, let's um, do that one. I'm going to do this one. It's really um, hard to write that one. It's a lot of words. Okay. So, and, and, and I'm not neglecting the others. We will get to them. So, uh, this is from Memetis317. Came in on Friday. Five-star review. Says, so you're walking into a party to watch the dogs play. Love it already. Be- so, like the beginning of a Young MC song. Yes. Before you get to the door, you think you see Ivan Maisel standing in the yard waving to you. But it's just a cardboard cutout. He's watching Stanford. As you walk in, Barrett Sally is there to greet you for some reason. He doesn't say much, but he shakes your hand, hands you a drink, and then asks you some random question about where you buy your razors before abruptly turning to greet the next person. Then you trip on something or someone. You look down to see a cadre of passed out recruiting writer podcasts strewn across the floor in various states of intoxication. Stepping over these poor shells of humanity, you peek out the back blinds to see the Punt and Pass podcast, shirtless and floral board shorts and mumbling on the phone with his agent. Over the muffled sound of Herb Street's helicopter hovering hovering above, you hear Dog Nation Daily in a t-shirt over his pullover, yelling loudly over a megaphone, trying to make sure everyone's having a good time. And I need your t-shirt sizes. That was quote-unquote. The solid verbal then almost runs you over, zooming in the front door and out the back in a Power Wheels Camaro making barn animal noises. <laughs> on your way to the living room, you see the chapel bell curve, giggling and writing numbers on the windows with a sharpie, occasionally pointing. <laughs> on the windows on the sharpie. That's great. If I may brief interrupt, one of my favorite movie cliches is all geniuses in movies. Yes. They, don't, they don't have paper. No, they'll they'll have all have to write on, on windows. Like a chalkboard or a window. Yes. <laughs> That's a good joke. I you, like that. You finally found the TV. The CBS SEC theme song is playing, and it gives the Pavlovian nervous response because of the trauma of our history in Jacksonville. The dog cast is already asleep in his underwear in the recliner already. Some perverse mixture of rum and light beer balanced on his gut, grumbling in the sleep about the offensive line. You just want to watch the game. So you sit down on the couch. And there's waiting since last Saturday, who's wearing a well-tailored suit and a loosened UGA tie. He offers you a drink, cheers loudly for the dogs, and makes funny and pithily insightful commentary on the game during muted commercials. You get the feeling he could be doing something else, but he'd rather be here. All the podcasts are great, but these WSLS podcast guys is who you'd want to watch a game with. I have to say, I, I don't. Wow. I want to marry this person. I was just about to say, <laughs> listen, we're all happily married, so yes. back off. M I M E T E S 317. I don't know if that's a Twitter handle, it's just through iTunes, but I could not believe what I was reading. That is an unbelievable thing. That's because amazing. For the record, I like a lot of those podcasts. Yeah. And he's actually nailed, or she has nailed down those podcasts actually pretty well as well. Right? So, so yeah. That, that is I well, like the loosened tie bit, you know. We yeah. could be doing something else. Which but I also like the idea that, too, that we're dressed up. 
Yeah. Like we're very fancy. Yes. We're not not just... uh, Which I was struck by. You still wear a suit to the World Series. I do. Which is very old school. Yeah. I feel... Listen, if I could wear a suit on a plane, I I still wish we all wore suits on planes. You still wear suits on planes? Well, if I'm traveling... Get a fedora. That's a bridge too far. The fedora just makes you look like a douchebag anymore. We can say douchebag. Unless unless your last name is Fedora, then you should wear one. (laughs) Then you're just... Yeah, then you're just showing off your your abs. (laughs) Um, But that was a wonderful... Amazing. ...review... And we've got we've got about three or four more. We'll just I want have to that table person. It. I hope that person is at Steeplechase. I want to hang out right? with that person. Yeah, I feel comfortable. It could be. Yes. Yeah. So. so we're gonna. Yeah, we are gonna. Don't don't feel bad for all those other people. We're just making up for a very brief podcast on Sunday. Yeah. yeah yes. Exactly. We're, we're hungry. For what it's worth, this is where I have to apologize. I'm gonna miss next week's podcast. I'll hit the rest of them, but I have to be in New York next week. So uh, I hey, will miss. just call in, and you might end up at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I, I will. I will. And so, but uh, for what it's worth, I, it's, I missed last week's show. I thought I was going to miss this one. Yeah. It is so great to be back with you guys. It, it particularly, it feels with this season being as it is, as exciting as it is. I feel lost when I miss a well, show. Well, you were the epitome of that podcast review, right? You could have been doing something else, but you'd rather right. be here. I'd on rather the be here. Rather be here. Rather be here. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. What a great podcast review that was. I love it. We would love it if you would also take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Remember, ask us any question and we'll answer it on a future episode. And don't worry, all those people who send in reviews will get you next week when we have a little bit more time. And if you can't leave an iTunes review because you've already done it or maybe you have a Google phone like Tony and just can't get on iTunes, feel free to tweet our show and leave us a question there and interact with us on Facebook or Instagram. We will be back on Monday with our South Carolina post-game show. And until then, have a great rest of your week, and we will see you on campus this weekend. Can you imagine how loud that crowd is going to be right around 3.30 p.m. on Saturday? Can't wait. Go dogs. <laughs> <laughs>